It's just scrap from Ice Rage. Ice Age. Ice Rage. Ice Rage is how I feel about those movies. You're right. So, just to level with you, this is a comedy podcast, but... In case all the swears and less-than-healthy coping mechanisms aren't clear enough, this show isn't for kids. Listener discretion is advised. Alright, that all said, on with the show. Hi, welcome to Lit Kid Lit, where red hair falls on a white flank like spilled wine, while we personally refuse to spill wine. I am Kara, and this is Nika, and today we're going to do a one-off book, at least at least for now. We are reading Into the Land <laughs> of the Unicorns, book one of the Unicorn Chronicles by Bruce Coville. And, uh, this was so wild because, you know, Kara showed me the, t- the cover of mm-hmm. the book, and it's this classic, like, oh, there's a cave, oh, there's an ethereal unicorn, and I was like, this is going to be, you know, a fun kid. I am so invested now. <laughs> I want to make this a series. This is baffling to me. This is just, I'm here. I'm present. I am witnessing this book. The depth. The depth. The world building. The character awareness. Oh. Also, man. like, so, baby's first mm-hmm. uh, foreshadow, like, heavy, heavy, heavy foreshadowing hints. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But part of the reason why this, I read this book when I was like six. I reread the same copy of the book that I had from that age. Uh, and part of the reason why it immediately spoke to me and made me happy and made me invested is that the main character's name is Kara. Uh, or we can call her Kara because it is with a C. So, you know, only only true homies know that K is yeah. the way to go. A lesser Kara. <laughs> I would love to call her Kara. But I'm going to get so confused while editing. We can editing. call her Kara. So let's call her Kara because I still have to speak to you as a person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to get really confusing if I yell, Kara, what the hell are you doing? And you're just like, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I am existing. I am just vibing here. What's your deal? <laughs> but that's just at the book. So let's let's call let's call her Kara because yeah. her name is with a C and not a K. And that's... You know, yeah, her it works. We need, thought of that. <laughs> look, we need to differentiate this somehow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. E- extremely valid. I wasn't much of a horse girl growing up. I I was a horse teenager. I wasn't so much a horse kid. Mm. Um, it took until I watched Lord of the Rings and desperately wanted to own Brago for me to really, really get into the vibe. Because Aragorn's just a horse girl. Yeah, Aragorn is horse girl. That's why Eowyn... Eowyn didn't fall in love with Aragorn Strider the Wanderer or whatever. She fell in love with embodiment of a horse girl. Yeah. Sleeping on the back of the horse, speaking their language. Aragorn meets this wild horse who's grieving over the death of fucking Theodred Mm -hmm. and is just like, this is my friend now. Mm -hmm. I love him. Oh my god, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't mm-hmm, go feral mm-hmm. for that? <laughs> well, look, Nika, <laughs> well, I support your life well, choices. I wouldn't <laughs> apply it to everyone. I look. Anyway. <laughs> so you weren't much of a horse girl, is what you were saying. My mom is like chock full of horse girl DNA. I think I got like half a chromosome, you know? 
I, yeah. I I didn't get as much of it. I think they're okay. I yeah. just think they're like big dumber dogs, frankly. They are. You don't have you like they can I be sweet. I don't know is. if you know this, but that is what horses <laughs> be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's let's get into the book. Uh. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it now that we've bullshitted a bunch of stuff for ten minutes. <laughs> In media res, well, kinda. I mean, the, the yeah. Kara, Kara Diana Hunter, as as they say her name once very early yeah. on, and her grandmother, Grandmother Morris, which I like calling your grandmother by her last name, even if she's like your primary your grandmother. grandmother. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Grandmother Morris are running through Christmas crowds and going through a church, St. Christopher's, yeah. because they are being hunted by someone. This chapter is called The Hunter. And it just, it just starts. It just goes off. It starts. Yeah. I loved this so much because I, I also wrote, wow, in media res. But then while they're running into this church, I love every fucking sentence in this book. It has such purpose. But this one is incredible. The scooting through the pews? No, not the scooting. (laughs) It's saying, I know this church well. We often come here with grandmother's gentleman friend. There's just a throwaway sentence that's just like, grandma's got it. Grandma's still in the game. Grandma's living her best life. Grandmother Morris knows what's up. I also like that it starts (laughs) with Grandmother Morris turning to her, you know, like what her parents left when she was three, which they also, I think, talk about it at this point. She's like, my parents just disappeared when I was like three and my grandmother's taken care of me ever since. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she says it was like eight years ago. She's like 12. She's 11, 12. Yeah. Right. It starts with her grandmother turning to her after they're being chased by a man and saying, do you think I'm crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And Kara's literally like, how am I supposed to answer this question? (laughs) What does this question mean? If I say yes, what am I signing up for, too? (laughs) Because you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's this, like, weird silence waiting at the door of the church. And then there's this, like, there's just, it, I could see this entire book being a movie a la Neverending I, Story, yeah, right? I feel like it would be, like, a Hallmark Channel movie, but not one of the yeah. weird romance ones. Just, like, yeah, we threw and this is ABC a, yeah. Family or something like that. We threw exactly. a little bit of money at this. I don't know. Let's make it a yeah, weekend event out amount. of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, God, but they, they managed to basically scoot through the pews, the scooting, the moving. Mm-hmm. They, everything's very dramatic. And then basically She's Grandmother like, Morris just says, take my special or, or here, take this. And Kara, which with this is the most like this is what a child does. Like this felt so genuine and childlike. Yeah. You're special. The thing, the necklace that she has called the special since she was like a <laughs> toddler. And uh, they and go. And she in- knows it's an amulet. She knows the actual mm-hmm. word, but it's so perfectly well written, child, to be like, "That's Grandma's special." Mm-hmm. It's so very sweet. Uh, yeah. She goes, "Yeah, take this. This this locket, this amulet has it's like crystal and gold, and inside of it is a single fine silvery hair wound up." Yeah. And. Kara has coveted it for years. She says the only time she had ever gotten it before uh, and convinced her grandmother to have it is when she got very, very sick when she was three before her parents left her. And mm-hmm. she remembers a figure coming to her and while she was sick and delirious with fever 
and like touching her and and helping her and then she got better and her fever broke that's also when her parents abandoned her yeah which the the way there's it's a lot of foreshadowing there's a lot of foreshadowing there's the way that they describe it they don't specifically say like it must have been a unicorn but she kind of believed mm-hmm. it was a unicorn she doesn't necessarily remember anything about it but she's like uh yeah she... and then i believed it you know until i stopped believing in unicorns as you do yeah she has this very fun little childlike bit as well of like i believe that until i stop believing in unicorns because that's just the natural progression of growing Mm -hmm. up basically Mm -hmm. like she's just like i yeah unicorns aren't real silly silly baby me yeah and you're like oh my god i love you yeah i love this kid so much i'm so so emotional i I, I relate emotional (laughs) she's so she oh my god i love her and she right from the get-go too during this chase her immediate instinct to being surprised, scared, hurt in any way is just yelling. Mm-hmm. Which, fucking valid for an 11, 12-year-old. Yeah. Like, obviously. She hits her toe, she wants to go, ah! Like, that just mm-hmm. makes sense. That's great. Like, yes, you're, this is a very accurately written child. A very yeah. mature child, but, like, accurately written for a child who's been, yeah. you know. I feel like... She has that bullied. I think it's the it, I think it's a fair balance, especially for that age yeah. where she has a lot of maturity in in what she decides to do. But you see her thought process and how she's like, I want to yeah. cry and scream. I know that's what I want to do, but I need to just hold off and do something that's actually purposeful right now. Which yeah, is, mwah, yeah, love that, love mwah. it. You know what else immediately ingratiated? She's got your name. She's got my red hair, baby. I She's know! a red-haired kid who's been bullied for it. And I <laughs> empathize. And immediately I was like, that's it. I've adopted this one. This is my child now. I, I love yeah. it. I was just like, yes, this is perfect. <laughs> Kara had the name. I'm literally here being <laughs> yeah, like, this is hair. my ba- This is me, the red hair. But, like, so she was bullied for not having parents either. Mm-hmm. So she definitely has this tough skin and maturity that she's built up because she's just been fucking mm-hmm. dealing with that mm-hmm. her whole ass life. Anyway, her grandma hands get, gives her this special and it's just like, do you think I'm crazy? Loaded question, grandma. And then <laughs> says, when I, I will be ringing this bell on the 12th ring, count all these rings, count every time the bell tolls on the 12th ring, ju- go to the top of the fucking jump. bell tower yeah. and then jump off while Say, saying this magic code phrase. Bring me, Lester, bring me home or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Lester, bring me yeah. home. And which Kara's like, whew, uh, okay, but the thing is, they're also being pursued at such a pace that they get to have this conversation, but Kara doesn't really have the time to process that or be like, no this is a bad idea. They just yeah. have to run. And this guy is fucking on them. Yeah. And Kara vaguely, like, his face seems vaguely familiar, but she doesn't really place it. She doesn't think about it. She's just filled with the terror of being chased. Yeah. And that's the thing. Grandmother Morris starts ringing the bells and Kara continues up the up the thing. And as she's getting to the roof, she hears her grandmother cry out in like pain. And she's like, I should go back. What about my grandmother? What did he do to my grandmother? Right. Mm -hmm. Which, again, love that that happens and that she actually has to be like, no, I made a promise to her to do this thing. I yeah, mean, I, I promised I her to... that I wouldn't let the special get into the hunter's hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of that means, but I made a promise. Yeah, and she does. She 
leaps off of the roof of the building the, the regard and and even then they're like i waited for more chimes did he stop my grandmother from doing it was everything lost like what do i have to do bells start yeah. chiming again and uh she jumps off right when the hunter's like cara diana cara diana yeah. come back which is such a yeah Hell this man. fucking guy this fucking We'll get to this fucking guy. Uh, I have a the, lot of words for this fucking Diana, guy. The choice of Diana, I felt, was very, very apt. interesting. Apt. Yeah. Another, Diana like, the we are not being not being subtle here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're foreshadowing. Fucking, uh, yeah. But we all know where the name Diana comes from. It's illogically, oh, God. Right? <laughs> so, Kara falls <laughs> through this, like, beautiful, I picture, you know, Let's say mid two thousand CG swirling green light orb. You know what I pictured? What? The tenth kingdom. I know it's so much like it. <laughs> I just pictured the tenth kingdom. I was just like, oh my god, this is the kind of like <laughs> weird wibbly effects. Yeah, this, these are the fantasy aesthetics <laughs> that were foundational for me. Now you know. Now you see. Now, <laughs> now you see I understand. I've seen both. I understand. She jumps. You're so in, valid. She jumps into this light orb falls very softly in this beautiful, lush, green springtime, summertime. Moss. Soft moss. So much moss. So much fucking moss in this place. (laughs) And she's just like, I guess I have to, like, figure out how to survive. And I love that every step of the way, she's like, I I used to go camping with Grandmother Morris, and Grandmother Morris taught me this way to, like, help find safety in, in society. Yeah. F- go up, yeah. you know, follow the stream, and... Uh, People need water. Let's... There's yeah. bound to be something along water, which is... Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. You do yeah. all things. <laughs> uh, but also, echoing through her mind this whole time is, like, the last instruction that her grandmother gave her is find the old one and tell her that the wanderer is, is tired. Yes, the wanderer is weary. The wanderer is weary. And uh, so she's like, okay, I need to do that. Let me go find a way to do Let that, I guess. Anything I can do. She's like, I couldn't go back and save my grandmother. Also, anytime she thinks about her grandmother, or when she's doing other things, she thinks about her grandmother, who was a foundational parent figure in her life, and like cries a little, and then goes, I can't do this. I have to move on. Which, yeah, I love that both of those things happen, that she's very she's very emotionally sensitive and cares a yeah. lot about her family. But then she's like, yeah, and I made her a promise. Right. And yeah, they touch on it to so, so yep. gently. It's very yeah. good. It's gently and, and regularly. It comes yeah. up a lot of just like, I can't go down this right now because I have a job to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm acknowledging the feelings that are there because I know that I am having them, which is just. <laughs> Wow! I know there are adults that don't do that. That's true. <laughs> Catch me but on a wrong just night. So good. Catch me in a dark alley. <laughs> Here to sit God, and I love sit her. and drain water and feel bad about myself for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you care drain water? Look, yes, that's a okay. very pointed choice. A drain pipe empties, okay. and I'm like, this is my my misery shower. Like a like a As little many... gutter just on your yes. head, just a plop. Okay. It's what I deserve it's right. in those times. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I unplugged my own headphones. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> the book slapped at it to me. Oh, you, you genius! But yeah, uh, so... Uh, so you know we are twenty pages in. She's at a river. 
this fucking goblin thing Look, shows here's up. here's the deal. For every mystical character in this book, I have a fan cast. And this one is the lifeless Dobby puppet. <laughs> that, they pretend that they did the death. Specifically the puppet version, not the CG one. The lifeless Dobby puppet from the Half-Blood Prince film franchise. That is who is cast as all Delvers, which is what they call these, yeah. like, goblin gremlin I thought I knew things. where that sentence was going, and I just... <laughs> What did you, where did you think it was going? I thought you were going to say a human person no! that they could make a fucking CGI out of. No, I, you, I have a fan oh, cast you, for everybody in this book. And then you go on to say wait. the lifeless Dobby just puppet? Wait. You're going to fucking throw that garbage at me? You, just, you took that puppet, physically summoned it, and threw it at my face. The audacity. But am I wrong? You're not wrong, but you just made me remember that existed. And frankly, I was doing just fine. (laughs) I blocked that shit out for years. Next, you're going to fucking talk about, like, fucking puppet versus CGI Yoda, and I'm going to have another conniption. Mm, mm, mm. Well, hold on. No Yoda yet. When we get into the other books, I'll bring up who Yoda is playing in this universe. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you have that. But uh, wild. A Delver who is this goblin gremlin troll cave creature small smaller than she about three feet tall but like has a spear immediately sees like her beautiful she's like admiring the amulet the special and says some you know gremlin noises at her and just fucking like drowns her just drowns Drowns her her. this child in the span of what is probably at best an hour Mm mm-hmm has jumped off of a building not knowing if she would die chased by a man she vaguely recognizes heard her grandmother get beaten up probably Mm -hmm. and now is being drowned that's a lot for the first 20 pages of a very small novel but holy shit and in we're here in her while she's like losing consciousness consciousness and drowning she thinks i i know if i just let it go and let the thing take the amulet, it should be fine. He'll probably let me live and I can breathe and go. But I made a promise and I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, she loses consciousness. She loses consciousness. And when she wakes up, she's in a cave on a bed of like leaves and moss. So much moss. Mm-hmm. And uh, her side yeah, hurts gone. outrageously. Yeah. And we meet her savior, the Dimble Thumb. Who? Fan cast? Chewbacca. It's just Chewbacca. They just dust off the old <laughs> Chewbacca thing. I've always pictured the dimple thumb as Chewbacca without the bandolier. Tell me I'm wrong. It's just Chewbacca. A man bear? The bear man? Bear the man, man bear. Yeah, I pictured he, I had. I pictured him having more of a snout. Like a more of a f- extending yes. snout forward. He's less yeah. flat-faced than Chewbacca in my mind. I, I, I can get, see that. I support your Chewbacca casting. I just think he's got a little bit more I of understand. an extendo nose. We can That's modify that. We do that in CG. You know, Chewbacca's an incredible <laughs> actor. We'll CG a little snout on him. <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording 
talking for not even 20 minutes, and I feel like I've fucking transcended the human plane of existence four times. Oh my god, just the words you've said so far. I can't tell if they're genius or just insane, but holy shit. Chewbacca is an incredible actor, you're right. Oh my god, how am I supposed to keep going through this? I just want to fucking lie down on the floor and cry from laughing. So the Dimble Thumb is saves saves Kara and is like making tea. I here's the truth. Here's the real truth of the matter. My casting is not just Chewbacca, but Chewbacca wearing an apron with like a frill on it, like a fifties apron. Yeah, because the Dimble Thumb is so fucking domestic. Dimble Thumb is there, is making tea, gives Kara some tea, and she's like, "Oh, thank you. I should go." Oh, ow! I'm like very much injured. That's a feeling there in my side that is. Just yeah. excruciating. And then she falls back asleep and the dimble thumb puts her back in bed. And when she wakes mm-hmm. up, uh, and I always picture it in the middle of the night because of the original cover that I have. With the original the thing. cover. Yeah. Uh, she sees a beautiful, like, halo of light around yeah. as, it, as it fucking dressages up. A gorgeous white unicorn comes into the cave and pierces her heart with she's she like reaches out like oh come to me and the unicorn does come to her and immediately pierces her fucking heart goes through her ribs with its horn and touches her heart Mm -hmm. in some capacity takes it out and then heals the wound in her side but yeah there is kara says like there's an excruciating pain while it's not yeah while I understand it and like it was also good and, and beautiful in a way, it was I could feel my heart being pierced by the point of yeah. of, of his horn. Yeah, it was it, yeah, like she says she's like being electrocuted by a thousand batteries mm-hmm. is what it kind of felt like. And it's just that how much how much this child has to go through a lot very quickly. Uh <laughs> it's wild. But what makes this all kind of makes sense is that eventually um, she can speak to this unicorn because he lays his head and the horn gently upon her shoulder and she can understand what he's saying, but it's like thought speech, which yep. we're all used to. We're all used to on this podcast. We don't have to go into it. I, I read this and I was like, I remember them talking like telepathically a lot. Like she could understand him, but boy, Interesting that it is just thought speech. And while she's touching him, Lightfoot is the name of this unicorn uh, who heals her and is like her unicorn, which I think is very... Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, bitch, you are a horse girl and you're bonded with your one horse. This one pierced your goddamn heart. He literally went into your heart. He is a part of your heart now. Uh, Yeah. When she's touching him, uh, she also gets translated and can understand what other creatures in this world say that she absolutely yeah. couldn't before. Uh, Lightfoot heals her and talks to her a bit. I think uh, primarily just doing, just doing like some good, uh, some good exposition. It's just yeah. like, yeah, the Dimble Thumb is She tells them why she's there. Yeah. The Dimble Thumb is his pal. Like they're ever, they kind of just catch up to where they both are. Also reveal at that the moment, unicorns, this is not the world of the unicorns. Unicorns came here after the fact. Just drops yeah. that in for a minute and is like, the yeah. Dimble Thumb doesn't like all these new people because this is the Dim- the Dimble Thumb is a native resident. Yeah, yeah, because the Dimble Thumb refers to uh, Lightfoot as an invader, mm-hmm. like unicorns as invaders. Kara's like, what, what, what's all that about? 
Mm-hmm. What's all you want to elaborate on that? And just like ah, later, there's this is a lot. This is so much. Anyway, the point is, yeah, this isn't our place. Uh, it's weird. I really love Lightfoot a lot. Uh, he has the voice of like a tired British man in my head mm-hmm. of just like like Paul Bettany is kind of what I was getting. Like Jar- like very tired Jarvis was what I was oh, getting. Okay, tired Jarvis. I see. I see. I see. I yeah, see. just like I feel yeah. that. I understand. Erudite, exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> I always saw Lightfoot as someone who like a young someone who is very young but has a way of speaking where they're trying to be much more eloquent and like beautiful and otherworldly than they are because regardless of yeah. how Lightfoot is talking like he he speaks very beautifully and he he's very respectful towards a lot of things but like every other thing is like and then my well even was my uncle he well, has, if, uh, uh, they think I'm yeah, stupid he, and they don't listen to me yeah. and it's bullshit I he think has, they like, are a stupid actually. Tantrum every other fucking chapter because he's just like <laughs> anyway, I hate these old guys. Like he just I love him. He does say an like, look, I know I'm like I'm like old for you guys, but with unicorns I'm considered a teenager. <laughs> like yeah. he's kind of reticent it's... to admit it, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's also like God. I ran away from home 3 years ago, don't worry about it. We got into a yeah. big fight. I got into a big fight, and then I ran away from home. But that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. Don't worry We're not gonna, it. It's fine. Don't worry. That'll never come up again at any point during this very small book. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, so, basically, they decide all together that they need to go and talk to the old one, who is the queen of all the unicorns. And the Dimble Thumb's like, I'm ready to go now. I don't have anything to pack. I live in a cave. Mm-hmm. And then both Kara and Lightfoot are like, we're both exhausted because when Lightfoot healed her, mm-hmm. he got very tired. It takes a lot out of a unicorn to heal somebody. Um, and also, just as a throwaway, now there is a creature I d- detest. Oh, the Squidgem? This is the fizz gig of this universe, and I'm not here for it. I fucking hate fizz Do you want to hear gig. my casting choice for, for the Squidgem? Is it? Yes. It's a uh, CGI scrat from the Ice Age movies. You're so right. That is what I was picturing in my head. You're <laughs> not wrong there. That is 100% accurate. It's scrat from the Ice Age movies, but with all the personality of... I really... I feel like without... I don't know. I don't know. I can't... I don't know things, but... This this idiot creature's like catchphrase is hacha. Yeah, hacha. He just throws hacha in here. Get him hacha. And Kara, you have been saying hacha all the time. You have been saying hacha your whole life. I say hacha, but like yeah. you say hacha cha. And I feel like <laughs> I heard your voice in my head the first time I saw this little creature say hacha. I have no hacha. idea if that's where. I mean, I I'll pull a hacha, but I, I don't, don't just hacha. It's always like hachi machi. Or ha-cha-cha. Yeah. Or, you know, something but like that. I got Kara vibes of like, ah, this makes sense. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it, it plays into that <laughs> foundational squidgem. Maybe somewhere. I Yeah. Look. Squidgem? Just like squidgem. a fucking, a horrifying little squirrel thing. It's also a foot tall, so it's not like huge, but it's bigger than you'd want. It's bigger than you'd want it to be. I don't hate squidgem as much as I hate Fizzgig. Like, Squidgem has his moments, and he can shut the fuck up, which is important mm-hmm. in a person. <laughs> because I hate Fizzgig. Mm-hmm. There is no amount of vitriol that I could possibly turn into, like, human words. <laughs> it's just, I just want to scream when I see that terrible creature on screen. But this That's is what fair. I get for not actually growing up with that movie and just instead watching it as an adult and going, I hate that. 
I yeah. hate, who was whose audience who was that audience? Yeah. Anyway, Squidgem shows up. He is also there. That it. I think also as an adult, you have no, you have nothing. To, you have no uh, course of action of what to do with the energy of a Squidgem and a Fizzgig yeah. and those kinds of characters. As a kid, you're like, yeah. yeah, sure, let's be rough and tumble. Ooh, something with as much energy as me. As an adult, yeah. I'm like, I am tired. I do not need I you am. constantly digging into my clothes and running up and down my body. As a child, you're like, yes. oh, this is the most incredible experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the excitement of having a squirrel being willing to run up and down on your shoulder. As an adult, you're like, no, no, no. I have better things to do with my life and my time and my clothes need to look here's a, a very way. Here's a very Nika sentence to, to mm-hmm. piggyback off of that. Mm-hmm. The difference is between as a child getting to witness a, you know, tame... Tame is not the word I'd use for a gray squirrel. Just an imprinted, socialized gray squirrel at a, like, you know, animal ambassador kind of thing and being like, oh, I've met the squirrel. As a kid being like, wow, I love squirrels. I want to be a squirrel. I want to run around. And versus as an adult volunteering at a wildlife center Mm -hmm. and having to deal with the squirrels. I hate squirrels. Uh, Don't even look at me. Don't make... Squirrels... I, they've ripped so much on my clothes. Here's the deal. I have gotten lesions. They pissed on me. They shit squirrels in my face. Squirrels are like nega rats. Because rats, yeah. ma- people are all like, ew, gross rats. Look at the tail. Look at the pointy nose or whatever. Rats are They're loving angels. and sweet. And Im- they Im- impress on people very much. They like yeah. the company of people. And they like to play they and cuddle. whatever. Cuddle. cuddle up. Love. Squirrels. Love a rat. Cute, cute little smushed face, big bushy tail, hates humans, only wants their food, wishes death upon most of other living creatures in society, does nothing yeah. good for nobody. Hoarders. No, we, bad. Hoarders. Hoarders. Steal food from things that could also eat the food, then forget where they stash the food. Mm-hmm. Bastards. Bad. <laughs> no respect. No respect for any living being. Yeah. Can't stand it. So yeah, the squidgem is a is a foot long squirrel thing um, that just says "hacha" and and all this stuff. It's while it, it it has like the pygmy speaking, like the the like ooh big good ucha hacha whatever. I get mm-hmm. watcha yeah. watcha. It it doesn't feel like weirdly race tinged because it is just a squirrel dog thing that likes you, yeah. which is nice. Thank God. Was was wondering about that when I came back to this book, if there'd be weird, weird little yeah. touches of, of the 90s racism, you know, as as happens. Yeah. <laughs> but it's mostly just like, it's it's kind of more just the fact that this is an uneducated very, squirrel yeah, speaking. Very it's animalistic. Like, mean hornhead, not love good squidge, a fooey bad hacha. And it's yes. like, okay, you're just like hornhead. a weird little animal that... Yeah, figured out in- English. You're just I guess. fucked up. Honestly, reading it as an adult, I'm like, oh, it's just fucked up. It's just a fucked up thing. Anyway, and also, so before they leave, now that this whole party is assembled, mm-hmm. Squidgem, Lightfoot, Kara, the Dimblethumb comes back and says, "Look, I got back the special. I got mm-hmm. back the amulet. Here is also this. It's very sweet." Uh, the issue, however, is that so Dimblethumb got it back because the friends of the forest, basically mm-hmm. forest creatures, um, watched where the Delver took it. And Dimblethumb's like, yo, we got to go now because all of the Delvers now know that this thing is missing. Um, we got it back. We got we got it. And go. if it's so they the Delver didn't understand that it was important because also when Lightfoot comes in and sees it, he's like, oh, it's one of the Queen's five. Right. So immediately you're like, "Ooh, that's interesting. This is. 
Very, mm-hmm. like, this is, <laughs> I didn't have Lord of the Rings growing up. Lord of the Rings came out when I was, like, 10 or whatever. I had this. Yeah. So this is the founding of the fellowship for me around the One Ring, right? To put it in Nika terms. <laughs> that makes sense. Chewbacca wow. and Scrat. <laughs> a girl Thank in a you. unicorn. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. God, this is your fellowship. You're so right. But he's like, oh, yeah, he didn't know geez. how special it was, but we know. <laughs> And uh, they're going to want it back. That's fucked up. And, yeah. and so they, they peace out. Also, I like that they explain, yeah, the Delvers are also invaders. They are not from this land. And uh, the Dimbletham hates them. But uh, they live underground yeah. and they have a king. And it's just not good. It's not good, you guys. They also it's hate unicorns. So yeah, what are you going to do about it? They leave in yeah. the forest and Kara is, you know overwhelmed with how lush and beautiful and like the th- the little there's like little gossamer winged things flittering through the light as it trickles through the there's forest beautiful like fuzzy purple flowers mm-hmm. oh the trees have the silvery blue bark it's beautiful descriptions it's really fun uh also the font in this book like this book it it's 150 something pages mm-hmm. but the font is like size 15 16 yeah. something like that 14 to 16 it's Pretty, it, you could read it in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's... Like, it's... But the descriptions are incredible. Overall, this book has, like... I visually was there the whole time. I was physically present in this land. Simple to the point. Mm-hmm. I love a kid's book because there's there's no, no excessive chaff. amount of words. <laughs> just, yeah. Just to fill up fucking page space. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's really good. But basically, they travel... Um, they, they, there's this fun, almost like I imagine it as a montage of just like fun little moments yeah. of like. Kara the, playing them, fetch with the squidgem. Yeah. Which fetch with the squidgem and talking to Lightfoot. Writing on Lightfoot and being like, oh, this is kind of weird, isn't it? And Lightfoot's yeah. like, uh, crazy that you want to treat me with respect because my uncle. And like. <laughs> yeah. Lightfoot <laughs> goes into all his fucking baggage regarding yeah. his family. Yeah. Of just like, well, I'm a teenager and like, oh, I don't get any respect around here. It's it's very silly and cute and good. It's very good. Um, and I love the, the, the like bonding between the Dimble Thumb and Kara. Yeah. <laughs> so cute, yeah. So he sweet. carries her sometimes. It's very sweet. I love that Kara has to stay in physical contact mm-hmm. with Lightfoot in order to understand him and the rest of the world around her language-wise. It's mm-hmm. a very cool little touch. I think that that's a really excellent little, like, magic limitation thing mm-hmm. of just, you have to be physically touching him. And if you're not, you're kind of not you only get actively vibes. participating in you're the world. You're just right? reading like, the yeah. vibes. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Um, oh, man. It's very good. And then, while they're there, uh, a crew of Delvers... Like, a party show up with a bunch of... And there's, like, 12 of them, right? So, the Dimblethumb, wild Chewbacca, and very strong and capable. Uh, yeah. And Lightfoot has a, a heart-piercing, stabbing thing on his forehead. They can't handle 12 fucking Delvers. Uh, yeah. And the Delvers openly say, Hey, so our king wants to use this. He's been talking to this human that showed up, who mm-hmm. has been trying to get us to catch it and get it. Uh, we think it's a bad idea for them to open a portal to this world and let a bunch of humans in who want to kill all the unicorns. Because even though we want to kill all the unicorns, we know we're next if we let anyone else do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a surprising moment of just like this clarity of like, listen, uh, if we do, if our king does this, we're all in danger. 
So, like, don't necessarily take this as just sheer benevolence on their part. Yeah, no. But also, you know, also love, this is what's happening. Love whenever people are like, our king is kind of stupid. Our king is yeah. our king is maybe not the wisest, but, like, <laughs> I'll hail the king. Please leave. Yeah. Please, please make this easier for all of us. Yep. And also, we will distract them and try to get them off your trail as much as we can, mm-hmm. but we can't come with you. We can't protect you. Like, this isn't our thing, but we'll we'll try to allow you to have a safe escape. Uh, and they openly mm-hmm. say, like, well, it would take us about seven days travel to get to some Summer Haven, I believe, is the... Yeah. Yeah. Summer is Haven is the Summer land Haven? of the uh, castle of the Unicorn. And they're like, yeah, no, we're, we'll even if we distract them, they'll be on you very quickly if you take your leisurely pace. And they're like, well, guess we have to go through Firethroat's territory. And uh, yeah, I think it's actually Dimblethumb that brings it up and says, mm-hmm. guys, seven days is unreasonable or we can just go through Firethroat's territory. Lady Firethroat, yes, by the way. Lady, Lady Firethroat. Firethroat. Mm. Love her. Mm. Who is a dragon who considers everything in the territory as part of her horde and she's kind of testy sometimes but like it's a lot easier to err on the side of her probably not fucking you up. But also Dimblethumb says, look, if she eats us and the amulet, at least the amulet's safe. So yep. let's go. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Sure, Dimblethumb. That's a... All right. Uh, But they do, and they get through the territory a little bit. They get through a little bit into it. And then shit happens. Shit goes off. Dimblethumb... Yeah, Dimblethumb basically gets overwhelmed. It's just Dimblethumb because it's while um, Kara and Lightfoot are away. Mm -hmm. Doing something, I forget. I think... I think, didn't they, like, hear another group of Delvers and they were trying to, like, walk around it or whatever and Kara and Lightfoot were vaguely next to each other and the easiest thing was just for Kara and Lightfoot, Kara, or Kara to get on Lightfoot's back and run away, but the Dimblethumb stays yeah. behind and, like, fights them off and is captured. Yeah, and is captured. And also, the Squidgem just dipped, just disappeared. Yeah. And has been gone for, a, a, like, right as basically as soon as that happened, has been gone for a while. And there's this really wonderful little conversation between Kara and Lightfoot of her being like, we have a bigger mission. We have this massive mm-hmm. mission to go deliver this amulet to, you know, safety. Mm-hmm. We need to do something about this. And Lightfoot's like, yes, that is the reasonable thing that we are doing. And Kara's like, but that's our friend. And I am not comfortable with leaving him behind. I want to do something to help them. Mm-hmm. And Lightfoot's like, yes, that is also a factor in this. And he's trying really hard to stay like, he doesn't want to make the yeah, decision. Yeah. Doesn't Kara also say, like, Lightfoot might have feelings on this, but I could tell he was waiting for me to make the choice. Which yeah. is... Yeah. I, I like that they actively say that and that they actively put that out there when, when characters are deferring to another person's judgment instead of it necessarily being yeah. an argument per se or like, or like yeah. I want to do this, you know what I mean? Like, I, I love seeing yeah. acquiescence in, in, in media yeah. <laughs> because that's how real life is. You need to get along. And sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it feels like there are too many main characters arguing for main character time in a some books right. you know yeah exactly yeah and so eventually she says look we're, i'm gonna i want to go after i i want to help the demo thumb and lightfoot's like that's an immature decision and Kara's like why would you say that and he's like that's cause my i i would have made the same one and my uncle would have said that about me <laughs> yep yep my uncle 
<laughs> my fucking uncle would have said that I was immature for making this decision. They say I'm. They all say I'm so immature. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm over it. Uh, uh, but they try to kind of do a loop around. They try yeah. to follow where the Delvers are going, but mm-hmm. in a non-directly following way. And there's some stuff addressing, like, you know, Kara's not as sneaky as Lightfoot. Lightfoot mm-hmm. moves very stealthily and quietly through the woods. They're trying to figure this all out. And then, like, randomly at a crossroads, the Squidgem they, shows back up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They no pass. Bad. Well, what's interesting is they're at a crossroads in this mystical, magical forest. And Kara immediately is like, this is a road. This isn't, like, a trail like we were following the Delvers Pass. This isn't a road, like, what, or a trail the way the Delvers Pass through, what we've been following them doing. This is, like, there are divots. There are drain, there's drainage on this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So there are, hu- and, and, and that's when she hears about and really realizes that there are other humans here on the planet, on the yeah. land of luster. Uh, and they say not many, but there are some. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, there's not that many, but there's a, an amount. And Squidgem shows back up uh, with a fun character in tow, whom I adore. <laughs> Thomas. I adore Thomas the Tinker. And he shows up first and basically says, oh, yeah, your Squidgem came to come find me. And and that's, that's how I'm here. Uh, he said you needed help. And I love Thomas so much, Kara. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's so... M- so good he likes he has to a magical fix wagon he loves to fix things Be- and he likes things that he loves that he he talks about how old he is at one point and he's like i'm old but eventually someday i'll die which you know i'm fine with because mm-hmm. i think that all things need an opportunity to like exist and be mended and and br- like everything yeah. Like, t- he's not comfortable with things that can be, or can never be broken or things yeah. that'll last forever because things, breaking is a natural part of, of existing, yeah. which is just fucking beautiful. Yeah. That just is in this book. And, he's, and he also believes, he's like, most things can be mended, but also sometimes mm-hmm. they can't. That's just part of it. He likes to fix mm-hmm. things, but sometimes that's how it is. Also, he has a million clock chains, like, like pocket watch chains coming out yeah. into his jacket into he's covered in pockets he's got a magic little pull cart uh mm-hmm. which i think of like one of those mall kiosks right fan yeah, cast it as a mall kiosk like yeah cast as a mall kiosk love uh. it. love love this movie that we're casting out here <laughs> and it it yeah. folds to a much larger size right and and yeah. smaller he, and smaller. He's made it the size of a wallet once, and then he's just like, man, I hate doing this, though, because then I have to unfold it again. It's like, mm-hmm. that's such a you problem. I love it. I love it's that so for you. <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. But uh, um, he helps them make a plan to save the dimple thumb. He says, all right, get inside my cart. Uh, and he puts the squidgem and Kara, and Kara inside a very narrow compartment that's hidden between all of these uh, cabinets and drawers that pull out. And he goes, all right, when I, when you get the signal, when, uh, when my pocket, when I pull my pocket watch out and show it to someone, show it to the Delvers, that's when you run out, cut them loose, and then we'll, we'll haul ass, right? Yeah. And that is, that's the plan. Uh, that is essentially what, what happens. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, basically the way that he 
cons the, the Delvers is he starts sharpening their spears and is like, ooh, ha la la, look at this. This is a sharper spear. Don't you want this for the rest of you? And they're all gathered around him and are like, oh, shit. And uh, the Dimblethumb is tied up to a pole somewhere. And is really worried when she hears that uh, Thomas is sharpening this because she's like, oh, no, has he turned on us? But then he... <laughs> does this like thing where he's like, when I start rooting for all of this stuff in my pockets and can't find something, that's when you'll jump mm-hmm. out. So he manages to get through three of the spears and then she jumps out, hauls ass, he blinds yeah. all of the Delvers with this like flash bomb that he gets out of his pocket mm-hmm. and she cuts the Dimbleton free, they all pile into the cart and then they haul ass. Yeah. That's the plan and works. As, it since succeeds. Lightfoot couldn't be with them, Kara can only hear the vague intonations of what they were saying and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, through all of the strange guttural noises that the Delvers make, she hears them scream tinker, tinker over, over, over and over again, like calling Thomas's name because they know that he fucked them over. Yeah. <laughs> and also yeah. the Dimple yeah. Thumb is surprised that, that Kara came for him and it's very yeah. sweet and genuine. It's very so good. Oh, she like strokes that. the fur on his arm. It's very, it's very, oh, very sweet. It is very good. And it's once they get back to Lightfoot, who's been waiting anxiously mm-hmm. for them because, you know, they just <laughs> Tinker is like, you can't you listen, it's too much. We're just going to do it this way and then we'll meet up with you. Don't don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lightfoot's happy that they all get back. But there's this bit when Lightfoot translates for uh, Kara when the Dumblethumb is like, I saved you. You saved me. We're even. And she's like, this wasn't about being even. Mm hmm. I didn't do this to get even. Yeah. I did this because you're my friend. Yeah. And there's this, like, little... It's very good very and sweetish. And also, the yeah. dimble thumb, like, plucks a flower and gives it to Kara, and she puts it behind her ear. It. And it's just... All day. She wears Aww. it all day. Also, this book is just pure and good. It is very... It's so It's so pure and good. Uh, they talk to Thomas, and they're like, oh, did you see the hunter or whatever? And he's like, yeah, I did. Crazy, though, because I really screwed up the directions I gave him when he asked about where you were going. Yeah. Man, I just totally, I totally fucked that up. He says the word bollocksed. Yeah, I bollocksed that up. Which is an interesting choice. Yeah. But okay. All right. I yeah I love Thomas and this is this is when you know as they travel further mm-hmm. they're going to go talk to this guy named Grimwald a recorder the, of stories yes the story keeper he is a dwarf who has they they come upon an entrance to a cave and they go in and Thomas fol- folds his thing up to wallet size also he unfolds a bedroom for yeah. for everyone he he which mm Mm, I love this aesthetic. I love furniture that folds to a, fo- unfolds to a much larger so size. Uh, so good. Love some magic. Love some magic rooms. It's it's very good. And uh, you just you can see like the practical of it of rods being pulled out and him actually setting it up like a tent in every capacity, and then they're just full drawers. Ah, uh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, I love it. Uh, they they travel through, and there's like beautiful. Uh, what 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 what's the not mon when it's stuff on the wall the word for things mural mural beautiful murals i was like like a montage but on the wall <laughs> in different panes uh yep yep that that's, is what a mural a, yeah. mural <laughs> that is how yeah. a mural do 
Um, there's murals of unicorns doing great things and, you know, events of them coming to this world and everything. And then this there's like cave. a hall. Uh, there's like uh, previous MVPs. There's a bunch of portraits <laughs> as they yeah. go down another another thing. And it's like, oh, there's this guy and that guy. And Kara immediately goes, oh, that's my grandmother. That's grandmother. And Grimwald's like, oh, you know, Ivy Morris. Oh, man. Why didn't you just say that? I'm going to, this is great. How's she doing? Mm -hmm. It's this cute little thing. And also Kara recognizes him as a portrait that her grandmother had painted and had had up in her room as well. So that's why she's like, oh my God, this is all making sense now. Mm -hmm. It's all clicking, which is very cute and good. Yeah. Uh, the aesthetic, she also loves the aesthetic of this cave. Like, this cave is so lovingly described. There's stalactites and stalagmites, but also there's, like, wooden paneling in certain mm-hmm. rooms and these beautiful hollowed out. Th- eventually, he leads the, them the story to room. the story room that she loves. Kara's like, I could live here forever. It's lined with books and pens and paper and everything. And there's, like, carved out bits of stone with pillows on them that you could just sit on in this beautiful, like, fire is so Mm -hmm. warm and good Mm -hmm. oh my god i just wanted to be in that room it was so nice i know it was very i love the descriptions in this um but this is where we get our biggest amount of exposition too Mm -hmm. is that they're basically like here's our story yeah grimold essentially is like well you have a story that i need to write down so let's take care of that right now and then uh we'll see what we can do next right He's like, let's mm-hmm. priorities first. Priorities. I need to. I need to get this down. Full stop. Don't tell me anything until I'm ready. I need to get this down. Then, yeah. let's continue this this quest, <laughs> right? Uh, and they do. They they yeah. put him up to date, and then uh, he pulls them into the like into another room, even further in. That's even more books. The other room mm-hmm. was the story writing room. This is the book reading room. And there's like a, a theater in the round, like yeah. fire pit, conversation pit. Like it's the fucking 70s and just it's books so everywhere. And Grimwald pulls it out, pulls out one of the books and tells Kara the tale of the like what happened with the unicorns and why they decided to come to Luster, why they are invaders and stuff like that. And this story is wild. This story, I feel like, was very foundational to the way I look at and think about fairy tales and things like that. This fucked me up for a little bit. I had to put down the book for a hot second and go, oh, my God. All right. So uh, the basically, it starts out with back in the day, forever ago, humans and unicorns lived together on Earth in relative separate harmony. But one day... A unicorn, after thousands and thousands of years, died. And they mourned this unicorn Mm -hmm. for so long and returned every aspect of it back to the earth, except for the horn. The horn was this beautiful, incredible thing Mm -hmm. and could not be, it had to exist on its own. And then a human found that and he brought it back and said, look, I slayed, he made this fucking lie up saying I had to fight this unicorn that just totally randomly attacked me in the forest. Mm -hmm. Weird how that unicorn just randomly came for me, but I kicked its ass and I have its horn as proof. And that story just began spreading around every human ever. And the thing is, he used the horn to heal people as a healer. He became known yeah. for the great things he could do using this magic that he stole from the corpse of a unicorn. 
Right. And so saying like the unicorns their own are keeping horns. this yeah, from yeah. us. Are they're they're keeping this and we need this and they're selfish and yeah. So that was the that was the foundation for the actual fucking story, which I want you to tell because holy oh, shit. Okay. So uh a long time ago, there was a man who had a beloved wife and daughter, and, and their daughter was so beloved that that's what they named her, Beloved. Uh, and she was great and kind, and the, the wife passed away, and Beloved got very, very ill, and she nearly wasted away. And by this time, the unicorn horn that had existed had been run dry of all of its magic. There was no more there. Yeah. And the hunter brought the the doctor to his his cabin to look at his poor dying daughter that was the only his only reason for living and the doctor says i can't really do anything she'll probably die soon but if only we had a unicorn horn and the hunter being so skilled and talented and willing to do anything decides to try and kill a unicorn try to find them but the daughter is mm-hmm. so ill and begs for him to stay with her to such an extent that he like holds her and and straps her to his back and takes her with him as he goes hunting. And he leaves her in a safe space, what he thinks is a safe wooded hollow, and goes to to track what he thinks, uh, where he thinks a unicorn is. And a unicorn hears her. And as unicorns do, as they have done to Kara twice in this story, it is drawn to this poor, innocent girl who is suffering and it tries mm-hmm. to heal her suffering by doing the same thing that it did to Kara, where it piercing the her heart. heart. And the father sees this, sees the unicorn piercing her heart, and thinks it is killing the girl, and he shoots it, and it dies. It is hit so hard that its head jerks, and the tip of the horn is broken off under the breastbone, lodged in, lodged in Beloved's heart. And uh, her father kills the unicorn... But she is forever in pain with that piece of... The unicorn also kills her father. And the unicorn kills they her father each as other well. And they both die. They Because that... Yeah, they go to... They fight over that. Oh. And Beloved is... Her illness is cured. But she is constantly in pain and constantly healing. Because that magical piece of unicorn horn is lodged in her heart. Her existence is perpetual yeah. pain. Uh, and she gets married and she has seven sons and she teaches them how to hunt unicorns because she thinks they are cruel and she will never forgive them for doing this to her and making her unable to die. She is immortal now because of this yep. immortal and in constant pain because of this piece of unicorn horn. Yeah. And she swears vengeance yeah. and she swears that all of her children and her children's children and her children's children's children will find and kill all of the unicorns in an effort... Until every unicorn is dead. In an effort to finally die as well, is the implication. To to maybe end her own suffering. The suffering of Beloved. Which... This is the good shit. (laughs) We love a story... Weird that I'm, like, sitting here and I'm like, oh, it's that kind of story, huh? Shit, I've only been writing one of my own for the past two years. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, God, I love that. What a hell of a story. You immediately Damn. get it. You get both sides. <laughs> well, not even yep. both sides, but like, yeah, you understand why uh, there is this sect-, sect in humanity that has this immortal grudge. She has an immortal grudge and she's just fucking there. 
I love when when Grimwald's done with the story, Lightfoot's like, I didn't like that. That made me sad. And Grimwald's like, I didn't say it to make you happy. Yeah. I said it because you're a part of it and you're living this now. So you have to like come to terms with what that means and what you're a Isn't part of. is this also I when Kara realizes who the man that has been following her, one of the hunters is? Yes. This is when yes. Kara pieces it together and she is deeply upset by that. But yeah. Uh, but she doesn't say she anything because doesn't say anything about it. Why? Mm-hmm. Ugh, oof. Ah, there's a lot there. Uh, and then they're like, then Grimwald's like, look, we need to get you to the scrying pool and send a message to the queen. And then we'll figure this all out and we'll go there. And the scrying pool malfunctions mm-hmm. and it just says surrender the amulet and it's signed beloved. And so Grimwald's like, you got a dip. She knows you're here. We're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, okay, I got a back. I got, a, I got a back door we can use. But oh, yeah. love that. That was like, ooh, chills for me as chills, a kid, right? Ooh, beloved, yeah. sending yeah, a message. I, yeah. Ugh. Especially because the scrying room is described as like basically similar to all the other ones, but instead of this beautiful warm fire, it's this dark, clear mm-hmm. pool of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's like this, it's a little bit colder in here. Like the rock is a little bit colder and it's just, ah, the vibes, the aesthetic, mm-hmm. the imagery, the feeling, it's good. They get out through the back door and Grimold's like, look, we're going to go through Firethroat's ter- Lady Firethroat's territory again. But listen, we're friends. She suggested this back door. It's fine. She knows what's up. Just go this way and she'll know you're from me. It's all good. So assuaged that they're not going to just get yeeted mm-hmm. by a dragon, they head off through this open, like, val- like this this field, this endless mm-hmm. plain kind of thing that I'm imagining. And they see um, Firethroat again, yeah. which they saw before and were like, oh, hopefully she's not mad at us. And she just kind of ignored them. And, and now, this time, Kara freaks the fuck out because she's they see her in the shadow of the moon, I believe, right? Like, she keeps, yeah. her silhouette keeps appearing, covering the moon flying past the moon and it gets bigger and bigger each time and she's Kara screams and she just runs she goes to run uh, with Lightfoot and Lady Firethroat just picks them up just picks Kara and Lightfoot up in each claw and Squidgem is on Kara's neck he was resting and sleeping mm -hmm. around her neck so like he's also there yep but Dimblethumb uh, but and she... Thomas are left behind as, as Firethroat mm-hmm. just hauls ass. And Kara believes they're flying up the side of the mountain and they are so close to the rocks of this mountain face. She's like, oh, Firethroat is just going to dash us against the rocks and we're just going to be yeah. turned into road rash like right yeah. here. And that's just what's going to happen. But Firethroat takes them into Firethroat's domain, Firethroat's lair, this huge wonderful cavern like yeah. this wonderful cut in the mountain that's mm-hmm. just so i love lady Firethroat. i love her I so, love many her so much. oh my god i love her i want this this is oh like the foundational my foundational idea of a dragon is lady Firethroat. yeah you know yeah no i i'm with that yeah i mean honestly i prefer this because my foundational dragon was glaurung not even like not i, didn't, I don't even know that not guy. i don't know that man okay all right <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you about the fucking tale the tales of the children of Huron later because it's way bad. The, the Tolkien knew what he was doing. But um so yeah, so Firethroat delivers them and basically just outright says, 
you are the one that's brought me so much humiliation. Kara's like, wait, I understand you. You understand me. And she's like, yeah, dragons I'm have dragon. the gift of tongues. I can just understand all the languages. But I didn't do this because I have beef with you personally. Like, I saw you guys are just doing your thing. And mm-hmm. that's whatever. I don't care. But I'm doing this because someone stole the casket that contains my heart. Firethroat. Lady Firethroat immediately goes into the story of like, I'm a dragon and I'm old and I'm wise. And as strong as I am, I knew that if I didn't do anything, my body would be killed some point by all of these people who think they're so fucking great and think they can kill a dragon. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of, I pulled a lot of favors and talked to a lot of magical people and they decided the best thing to do would be to take my heart out and place it in a golden casket. And as long as my heart was safe, no no true harm could ever come to me. Yeah. But the downside is that who, if anyone takes control of that casket, if anyone holds my heart, they can command me to do as they please. And that is the situation I'm in now. And, uh, which, what a fucking, I love that imagery so much. Oh. This is so, such good classic fantasy fairy tale, like, oh, shit. Mm. I love it. I love it. Love, love a heart it, in a love casket. Love, love a heart and in a casket. And there's this very classic, like, movie scene, play by play. Kara, so who's the one that holds your heart? And a voice from behind her says, I do. I and know. And she's like, hello. So she She says, hello. Daddy, and it's like, oh, dun dun dun, chapter break. The mm-hmm. fucking dramatic chapter break after her, her being like, I, the, the chapter Dad. break is so much. Oh my god! And it all like everything starts clicking in place. It's very look, it's very baby's first foreshadowing, mm-hmm. but it's good and it's it pays fun. off, and that's what matters. It's just fun. Yeah. You're having a good time. Um, but she she finally saw the the voice and the familiarity and everything that's been haunting her since she first came to here. And he's like, I've been doing the family business, Cara Diana. I your business, and I am doing everything that I can because I didn't leave you. You you were stolen from yeah. me. Your terrible grandmother took you from me, and mm-hmm. never let me have you in in my life and raise you into our family's culture and and everything mm-hmm. that we need. You were taken. This opportunity was taken from you. I never left you. You were taken from me. Oh yeah. Which all right. That's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, I feel like, yeah, Grandmother Morris would just be like, no, you're not raising this baby in a cult that wants to kill my my friend, my friend species, magical compatriots or whatever. Like that feels like a Grandmother Morris move. I think it's it's a good choice. Beloved shit seems real fucked up. But anyway, yeah, yeah, he's like, no, we didn't abandon you. We didn't leave you. You were taken from us, which is like. Any time Kara thinks of her parents and her father in the past uh, of this book, she yearns for this idea that she 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 feels so unwanted, right? This idea yeah. that she is wanted by them and that she wasn't abandoned and that they've always cared for her and things like that, the, that they didn't die in an accident or whatever, to have yeah. that kind of relationship with, with family is something yeah. she has yearned for. Very pointedly in this book. And it gets revealed to her and the consequences are still so great and so painful to her that she's immediately given the choice between like, look, you get the family you always wanted and then some, or you have to destroy the, what 
all of the good things that uh, you grew up on, Grandmother Morris, what she believed in. Yeah. And Lightfoot. And There's Lightfoot gets, is fucking, he whinnies like he's betrayed, which is- Yeah, oof. he feels this, she sees, she can't talk to him because they're not connected, but she feels and like hears the betrayal and sees the betrayal in his eyes as he's mm-hmm. realizing this about her. There's a, there's a couple of incredible bits because she, her father, as he's telling all of this to her, says, yeah, your grandmother was worried that I would use you to get to the unicorns. And she's like, yeah, would you have? And he thinks about it and then says, yes. Mm-hmm. And Kara's just overwhelmed. She's like, I wonder if I can ever trust anyone again. I wonder if this hurt will ever go away. Mm-hmm. But there's also this incredible, beautiful thing of just her outright saying, like, family is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Family is who you choose to have in your life. It's not just who you're absolutely a part of. Uh, it's not blood. It's who loves you and who takes care of you. Mm-hmm. And she has this wonderful little bit throwing back, a little literal throwback. I Where know. she takes this She's amulet. Like, he, he, he's like, <sighs> has his fucking, by the way, he puts Firethroat's casket on the ground and then like puts his foot on it, like steps on it. Yeah. Puts his knee on it to have it. And uh, he's like, give me the amulet, Cara Diana. Cara Diana Hunter, give me the amulet. Mm-hmm. And she does like a, oh, daddy, runs into his arms, then just throws, yeets that bitch past him. And squidge him yep. playing fetch, hauls ass to it, gets it in midair. Mm-hmm. And they do this whole and like football play, right? Yeah. Yeah, this whole little football bit. But Kara eventually gets the casket with the dragon's mm-hmm. heart in it. And she is... It's incredible because there's so much that happens here. She is so upset and everything is happening, but she commands Firethroat not to hurt him. Yeah, don't hurt him. Mm-hmm. She still loves him. He's her father. She still loves him. And then after the scrabbling and everything that's happening in this cave, he ends up slipping and falling. Yeah. And he's falling and falling and falling. And she commands Firethroat to save him. Mm-hmm. This is such a good kid's book. I'm just, there's a lot of lessons here. (laughs) This is a lot of lessons about how to deal with grief and like pain Mm -hmm. and all this shit and how to not just like Mm -hmm. face, heel, turn and hate people and work through those emotions, girl. You'll get there someday. It's a lot. It's good. We love Mm -hmm. to see it. (laughs) Oh, I love Fire Throat. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, basically the way that that ends uh, with her father leaving is Fire Throat can teleport between realities and yeah. dimensions and she worlds can, she's, she's a, a dragon, dragon. dragons Obviously. have many gifts right that's how fire throat explains it which i love that's all i need you're right dragons yeah. do have many gifts they can they can mm-hmm. find and make dimensional portals i'm okay with that sounds about right sure yeah, yeah. and so fire throat says look he's dry he's safe and alive mm-hmm. and i just put him somewhere else i just want to make sure he doesn't come back uh whatever else is up to him as mm-hmm. long as he doesn't come back. And Kara just very genuinely just says, thank you. Here's your heart back. Mm-hmm. And then Firethroat is like... This is where I start crying. <laughs> it's so... Yeah. It's Kara so immediately gives Lady Firethroat her heart back. And Lady Firethroat says, oh, well, uh, I would like to grant you a boon. Which, this is where baby Kara first her- learned about the concept of boons. <laughs> but uh, as Lightfoot explains it, and Kara's like, "Well, I commanded you to save my father and do that and not hurt him, so I'm no better than him." And Lady Firethroat's like, mm, "I think you need to reevaluate what's been going on." <laughs> like, yeah. 
You asking me yeah. to save your father and dealing with all of that pain that's going on there. Which also, by the way, throughout this book, Lightfoot has said there's a deeper pain here, one that I that is not easy for me to heal. Right? One mm-hmm. that I cannot I do not have the talents to heal. Which a pain is pain so... of the spirit. Yeah. Which is her issues with her parents and they they have another moment where he talks about that and he's like you know i don't think i can heal the wound that this creates for you and she's like yeah but it'll get better it needs to get better on its own i need to heal that essentially right like yeah oh good good content so good lady firethroat says you are clearly very kind and I appreciate the thing you've done for me, regardless of whether you commanded me to do a very generous and gracious thing. (laughs) I would like to give you a boon. And she takes her into, she takes Kara into the dragon's horde room, which felt so like cool and beautiful and ethereal. Firethroat, you like spurts a bunch of fire and Kara's like, is that just to show off and like bounce the light of it off of the gold? And it's like, oh no, she like lit a brazier, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Firethroat gives her this uh, jeweled goblet. Yeah. And Kara's like, oh, uh, thanks. thanks. This is really nice. She's like, that's not the boo. Please. (laughs) Do you think I am a simple bitch? Please. (laughs) Yeah. That that was just so fucking cute. I'm like, this is a really pretty cup. Yeah. <laughs> it was just very childish and good. Like I love that there's moments like yeah. that sprinkled throughout. I love the oh. I love the imagery of this too, because the boon is uh Lady Firethroat plucks a single scale from herself and drips three giant dragon sized drops of blood in that chalice and is like fucking bottoms up. Bottoms up, bitch, get it Chug down. That. Chug it. Yep. And Kara's like, hmm? And she goes, no, no, while it's still hot, just do it. And she does. She drinks all of this dragon's blood, and it gives her the gift of tongues. And she can now speak. She speaks to Squidgem and Lightfoot as she goes there without touching him. And they're and all she, like, yeah. oh, they're astonished. Squidgem <sighs> is so happy. When they, and, and they ask Lady Firethroat to bring them back, which she does. And mm-hmm. She hears the Dimblethumb speak in his own voice for the first time, really, saying, you're here, you're back, you're back. So excited to see them. And the Dimblethumb has always been portrayed as like this curmudgeonly hermit uh, who has yeah. a, who's been getting such a soft spot. A loner. For, yeah. for Kara specifically. Lightfoot <sighs> even says, I think the Dimblethumb has like a really big soft spot for you. Like he yeah. he's, he basically <laughs> says, you're really good for him because yeah. he's lightened he up needs, so much. Like <laughs> He needs friends and uh, you're doing it. Uh, and, and she responds, yes, we're back. Right. And the yeah. fact that they can communicate together puts such a pleased shocked expression on his face and it's so sweet and cute and i just love it oh man but that's the part where i, I started crying mm-hmm. i read this at freaking nine this morning before i went to mm-hmm. bed um don't read it to that sentence it's fine uh, <laughs> 11 is You're what fine. i passed it's out. okay don't worry um, it's all right. but yeah so he is just so beautiful oh god and then but we're just gonna really quick because everything just I love yeah kid it books. Just, they goes, just keep going it's no like, breaks we're done, done with the conflict let's go right also, there's a dozen unicorns standing here. Hey, Dimblesome, I, I missed you very much. What? There's a dozen unicorns. They go back to Grimold's this... place, and Grimold was just like, yep. yeah, I called the queen on the phone, you know, yeah. after you know, the thing Beloved that I interrupted to do. that stuff. I just called them. They sent a bunch of people over. We're good. Yeah. 
Uh, and Kara brings the locket to the old one, who is so old. And Lightfoot mentioned this in passing before. One sec. Uh. Oh, that beer. The beer burps. Uh, Lightfoot nice. mentions this in passing, that she looks... She's so thin you can see through her now, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is what's happening. Their bodies become... The the whiteness turns to transparency, which I think is such a beautiful, interesting little touch for these magical beings without getting too into it or making it too, like, you know... It's not back to the future. There's also this incredible bit right before they see the old one, they meet her, where the dimble thumb says, listen, I am not really welcome here. Um, We have our beef. I'm going to wait. I'm mm-hmm. going to do my, I'm going to wait out here. Yeah. Like before we enter this, this and Lightfoot also does the same. What maturity, <laughs> what growth. Lightfoot says, I'm really not ready to go back home. I'm all going to unpack my baggage later. This one's about you kids. He's like, look, Which is I ran away three good. years ago. I'm not prepared to say I'm sorry. So yeah. like, I love you. Wish I was there. Wish I could be there, uh, yeah. but I need to go. <laughs> But it's what Thomas says, because Thomas and Kara and Squidgem go. And Thomas says, this is the most fucking meaningful, beautiful thing. This man wearing all these pocket chain, pocket watch chains says chains are these things that bind us whether we want them to or not. But without them, a heart might simply blow away. And that is just so beautiful. As she's crying and being sad that her friends can't come with her, this thing of like, that's okay. That's that's the point. You know who I cast as Thomas? Absolutely part of it. Who's Thomas? Stanley Tucci. You gotta get the Tucci in there. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> I know, right? Yes! I know, right? Oh, I'm here for that. That's perfect. I know, right? Love the Tucci. Oh, Kara, you genius. Love the Tucci. Anyway, back to this. Yeah, so it's this beautiful thing. As she's talking to the old one, the queen, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, sh- shit, right. The wanderer is weary. And the queen says, would you like to be the one to bring her home? Yeah. And Kara is like, yes, more than anything else in the world. And that is where this book in this Mm -hmm. chapter of the Unicorn Chronicles series, book one of four, I think. Mm -hmm. That's where it ends. And uh, there you go. Waited like six years for a sequel, Bruce Coville. Hey, thank you very much. Why'd you do that to me? Hey, hey, man, what the heck? This, it's like size oh, it's 14 so font, dude. Come on. Yeah, yeah, just just do it. Just do it. But now I need to read off all the rest of the remaining three. I got it. So, this is great. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. The land of luster. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. The land of luster. I love this. Love these vibes. Just <sighs> class, good classic fantasy. Just a good classic dose. Very fun. Thank you for your thank your you. Book. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming with me on this journey to the land of luster with Kara and and Lightfoot mm-hmm. and the Dimble Thumb and, and, and Thomas the Tinker and Squid Grandmother Morris. Oh God, Grandmother Morris. Ivy Morris out here fucking rocking it I with know. her red hair and just doing her. I can't wait to learn about more more about her. I know. What's right? her story? Oh yeah. What's her bit? Oh anyway. But that yeah. was that. Thanks for read the Unicorn Chronicles. Yeah, come come join us on this journey. Uh, and I'm sure, I mean, you'll get it. You'll get into it too. How could you not? It's just a good yeah. horse girl book. So much energy pointed at these beautiful illustrious unicorns. <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, oh yeah. All right. But, uh, Thanks for listening. It. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us. We hope you had as good of a time as we did. First off, let's all thank the FCA Press and Bruce Coville for the magical adventure that is the Unicorn Chronicles and Into the Land of the Unicorns. You can find a link to get your own copy of Into the Land of the Unicorns in the episode footnotes. We'd also like to thank our friend Matt for making our intro and outro music. You can find him at Nice Wizard Music on Twitter. Check him out. Hit him up. Make him slap the bass. And, of course, if you'd like to send us comments and get updates on episode releases, you can follow the Lit Kid Lit Twitter at Lit Kid Pod. Or, if you'd like to follow us individually, you can follow me, Kara, at Bishojo World, or Nika at Gossamer Owl. That's Bishojo with a U and Gossamer with two S's. You can also email us at LitKidLitPod at gmail.com. You know, it's a, it's a good classic Gmail. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Oh my god. Oh my god, Nika. Okay. Well, I just noticed that in the in the in the Google Doc that we use for our podcast framing and stuff like that for our notes, Nika is an mm-hmm. anonymous unicorn right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's perfect. The child of moon dancer. You're telling me, you're telling me that there are people out here that exist that don't find Aragorn attractive? Well, that's... Aragorn, son of Aragorn? I I will not say that because I don't believe that. Everyone's attracted to fucking Hugh Jackman. Everyone's attracted to Aragorn. Hugh Jackman? I'm so wrong. What is it? Vigo, Vigo. Thank you.